0: Welcome to the Block Exploring Podcast, your first step into the world of crypto and blockchain. The Block Exploring Podcast is your one stop place to find quick, clear and unbiased information on everything in the crypto space. Our goal is to help you grow familiar with the crypto space by growing along with us as we go on our crypto journeys. Follow at Block Exploring on Twitter for our newest uploads and our publishing schedule we, here at Block Exploring, are crypto enthusiasts, working hard towards becoming experts. Today's podcast is presented by co-hosts Tommy and Elias. Find us on Twitter under at Subai Squared and at Otoko Crypto. Right now you can find us on Spotify and YouTube. Before we start the episode, we would like to inform you that we are not financial advisors. Therefore, nothing said in this podcast should be considered financial advice always contact your financial advisor before making any investment. With that said, sit back and enjoy today's podcast. What's up guys. Welcome to episode 15 of news bites on the block exploring podcast. Now this week in crypto Tommy, we're going to be talking about the slight downward trend that we've been experiencing. And additionally, we're going to be talking about how Binance stopped its BNB token sales how Japan and China are gonna have been taking action and how China's actions might be productive or not. We're going to have a little discussion on that. And then lastly, we're going to be talking about influencer scams, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, the Logan Paul FaZe Clan uh, pump and dump schemes that we've been seeing going around the news recently. So let's kick it off. Um, For me personally, what I've observed is that the state of the market is in a very, very slightly bearish trend. Um, but I think that discussion on you know the the repetition that we've been seeing on like news reports, just the same news over and over again, Mm -hmm. that isn't the most fun to listen to. And it's also not the most productive for someone who's interested in crypto, I think, because I've heard I don't know how often Things about like BNB or uh, Bitcoin halving and that these kinds of you know mm-hmm. doom stories. I say, let's just talk about something more interesting, more long term oriented.
1: Yeah, uh, and I feel like if you're just looking at price, like yeah, it's it's just not a it's not I mean it's not interesting at the moment. It's slightly going downwards, so it's yes yeah, so for some, I guess sad, mm-hmm. but like. I mean, crypto blockchain space is so much more than just the price. So if you're if you just well, zoom out of, of the space in general, not just the charts, like you'll see a lot of exciting things happening. Just, you know, if you on Twitter, like you'll if you're just on Twitter, at least or any other social media and connected with like, you know, many other um, people who care about crypto and blockchain, you'll find something that's exciting for you. Like I'm very interested in NFTs, NFT spaces pop in you know, like there's so much stuff is happening. And if you're following like what people are building, and stuff, then that that's exciting, because like through bear markets, people build. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, during a bull market, what people build, like explodes, and you know, becomes more well known. And it's like so much more beneficial to be there at the start when no one cared. And that's like, you know, really when, you know, you gain the most, quite frankly.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's maybe interesting that this week's topics that we're going to address, I mean, we start off with the BNB discussion, um, where they stop selling their tokens. Mm -hmm. Um, sure. That that's a bearish news trend that we kind of see, but it says something about the attitude of Mm -hmm. uh, a company like Binance or like a major exchange, uh, especially regarding regulation. Um, If you look at Binance, right, and it's once again a cautionary tale, not your coins, not your crypto, but uh, Binance is extremely popular. I know some of our listeners also use Binance now, uh, but they quit selling their uh, token. And the only reasoning behind this that they gave in a public statement was uh, they wanted to shift its commercial focus to other product offerings. That's extremely broad for Uh, that we don't want to be sued by the sec because our token is a bit on the edge of being a security that's my my guess
1: and you know different uh, jurisdictions have just been cracking down hard on uh on binance as a whole i know in the uk at least a lot of banks are halting deposits Mm -hmm. and for binance and like yeah just around around the world in different jurisdictions, they're going ham on Binance because Binance is just going above and beyond, yeah. you know, your normal crypto exchange or your crypto bank, in terms of the service financial services that they're offering. Yeah. And yeah, most, uh, you know, security exchange commissions and, and that are kind of worried about, you know, what they're doing, because Binance doesn't doesn't care they're just going going ham. Well, maybe them stopping their token sales, indicates something, you know, of them starting to care a little bit, because yeah, you know, the regulatory hammer will come down. And like, you want to fall on the good side of regulation, then, which is why like, all other exchanges seem to just be more cautious, Mm -hmm. when they approach, you know, their financial product, they don't just spam financial products, like, like, uh, Binance does. which is like yeah okay if you're into binance and you want to make use of those bi- financial products that's awesome but it also means that like you know there is this uncertainty you have to deal with when using binance because they could just be completely clamped down on and like mm-hmm. what does that mean for your funds yeah yeah
0: no, that's true i think it's also important to look at bnb as a token especially you know like mm-hmm. um uh what clearly what finance is fearing is it being classified as a security, uh, so that, you know, the SEC can crack down on them. You know, a little
1: ripple situation, XRP situation. Exactly.
0: Very similar to XRP situation, uh, where they say like, you know, uh, if token is transferable, if it can, if it's like tradable on a, on a crypto exchange, and if it has, uh, I, th- I think the word is, uh, economic entitlements, it's like, um, so that you can pay for it with uh, cash or Mm -hmm. uh yeah an exchange they tend to be securities that's kind of how regulators look at crypto and Binance BNB is definitely no exception to that kind of statement except for the fact that with Binance BNB you do get some privileges Mm -hmm. on the exchange itself but Mm -hmm. I don't think that's enough function for the token for it to not be classified as a security under the current legislation and under the current kind of like guidelines that are ongoing and the very few actual you know um precise legislation notes that are out there you know Mm -hmm. I think that that's exactly like what it would fall into and that's what Binance is is kind of trying
1: to evade yeah just seems like Binance (laughs) you know, look, at regulation was like, yeet. like, yeah. you know, hoping like that, you know, it will just be laissez faire for them. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know how that would be the case. <laughs> like, how would that be the case? No, like, what, what I think, regu- uh, well, well, what regulators purport to care about is consumer protection and ensuring yeah, com- consumer protection in the market. But um, yeah, and these financial services that Binance is offering are, you know, very complex, very ahead of what you know is offered in traditional finance markets, and I think this well, this definitely scares regulators. And yeah. Binance is huge; like they're a huge centralized institution within mm-hmm. crypto, and they're an easy target, quite frankly, for for regulators because it's they're one of the biggest. If not the biggest, and they're just doing all kinds of things, (laughs) you know. So they've made themselves an easy. I mean, it's not like oh yeah, you know their their company don't be big. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. they're gonna do whatever it takes to be as big as possible to make as many to make as much money as possible. But yeah, like I I suppose you know their adventurism, they might take an L. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's
0: also, you know, one of the reasons that is very under discussed when it comes to um, centralized exchanges. The first argument you'll hear in crypto is if it's not your keys, it's Mm -hmm. not your coin, right? Yes. But on top of that, if it's, you know, if you have your your tradable uh, tokens on the exchange, the exchange is more vulnerable than you are to regulators Mm -hmm. because you can have your ledger or whatever kind of cold storage you have and kind of keep it on your person and no one is going to take anything from you you have your private key right on you you know yeah whereas uh if it's in binance if all of a sudden regulators say they have to immediately cease functioning well then it's not the nicest day for you when it comes to the accessibility of your kind of um well all
1: your crypto if it's on the exchange say like if you thought a big dip gives you anxiety and like you know you have trouble sleeping at night because of a dip imagine not having access to your funds you know that is that's actually stress (laughs) i i feel that's definitely more stressful than a dip especially if you're a hardened you know crypto vet who can who can stomach a big dip But if you don't have access to your funds, there's no dip Mm -hmm. to care about you, have you know, permanent loss. (laughs) Yeah, you know, so Uh, yeah, look into cold wallet storage, and like ownership of your actual uh, coins, your 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 private key. mm -hmm. Because there's so many options now with um, cold storage options that allow you to trade tokens directly from your cold storage, which is pretty ideal quite frankly i mean yeah it might be harder i mean you might need to go deposit into a centralized exchange to then you know take out in cash yeah Yeah. in in fiat currency but if you want to trade at like you know crypto assets that's very possible to just do from a cold from cold storage i mean this DeFi, like uh you know get on it (laughs) get on it people
0: exactly it's the first step that you need fiat for the rest of it
1: not really exactly yeah, mm-hmm.
0: but definitely. But I think this is also um, kind of the reason what we've been saying. You know, uh, proper rich uh, regulation and lawmaking is is very good for the crypto space, and that's what you know. Countries like Japan and China, uh, I mean we don't know about how proper it is but we know that it's at least getting more concrete in those countries and especially in Asia from what I've seen Mm
1: -hmm. the regulation
0: is getting much more concrete and uh practicable and enforceable and I think that is very good for the people who you know want some more certainty about at least their tokens that are on things like exchanges which are still heavily scrutinized so yeah I think you know um as i was saying japan um they're going to scrutinize crypto on like a global scale It's very interesting because they're taking more of an international cooperative approach Mm. but then what's interesting about this is that um if, if you look at how currencies are usually regulated the the first thing that happens is kind of an overextension you know it's like all crypto bad Mm -hmm. we're gonna just like bar any sort of trading just a full ban on crypto and japan is one of those countries that just has not been doing that since i think it's like 2014 when they confirmed bitcoin to be a an asset Mm -hmm. you know so i think when you look at crypto legislation don't look at america (laughs) yeah because they're clearly not doing the best job but look at a country like japan because it's it's very very interesting and most interesting is that they target things that are connected to fiat i think that it's very clear that they want to make a clear distinction from what classifies as a fiat currency and what classifies as a cryptocurrency
1: okay yeah Yeah. i think these are these are very good distinctions to make and this is the type of clarity that's definitely necessary because it's not there and yeah i think that's actually such a good point that you make that like you know maybe people need to look more to you know the the east and different countries like japan maybe china or um you know singapore singapore does a great job apparently in uh regulating crypto mm-hmm. and they're miles ahead of you know what what cryptocurrency regulation looks like in the US and there might be an argument to be made that their lawmakers are much more educated on the cryptocurrency blockchain space as a whole maybe yeah. I, you know it's if you I, I feel like if you don't speak the language you can't read their text there's um there's not or the news that comes out of there and there's not a lot of coverage in general on the regulation in those in those countries there's not you know I think, like crypto content, crypto, um, or I I just might be speaking for myself. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, as an English speaker, you're just surrounded by English speaking, you know, content content and all that. So there might be so much that we're missing. But you know, that there might, there might be so much there that we're missing out on that that would be so valuable, you know, to read. But um, yeah, Mm -hmm. in terms of regulation, I just think, you know, It's nice. It's good to have clarity like this, this, uh, this is really good. The type of distinctions that um, Japan is trying to make um, regarding asset classes. Mm -hmm. And I think what's important for people to observe when they're looking into crypto regulation is not just that, yeah, there's regulation, and that's happening. And that's great, because it gives us more clarity, as opposed to you know, the uncertainty that we have. But we, we have to still be mindful of the fact of you know we want good crypto regulation and what what are the principles that underpin these regulations that you know different jurisdictions are are coming out with you know because in my opinion i would prefer if um these regulations were you know mindful of the principles that you know drew so many people into the crypto blockchain space in the first place yeah. you know and in some respects, you know, crypto and blockchain technology can be um, antagonistic towards mm-hmm. state interests, towards state monetary interests. But ultimately, I mean, it depends who you ask and, like, you know, from which person's viewpoint, you know. But I would, in my viewpoint, you know, the state mm-hmm. should, in actuality, be a representation of its people's views, you know, and if pe- people's views, which is not the case <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. But if the people's view is to have, you know, regulation that is in line with principles that they, you know, members who are actively engaged in this community agree upon and would mm-hmm. like to see in their – in their um, you know, because I don't think people are out here to be nefarious to with, no. you know, they don't want to do nefarious. They just want regulation that makes sense for this community space, you know, an industry that they want to participate and operate in. They, you yeah. know, they just want to benefit from what the technology can provide for them. And they don't necessarily want to do nefarious, anything nefarious. It's, I think it's the job mm-hmm. of the of the of the government to see how they can protect consumers. From nefarious actions and potential nefarious acts, but it but that's reconcilable with you know creating re- legislation which is you know in line with you know principles that people in this space care about and mm-hmm. you know I think that that's super important.
0: Yeah, completely agree. I I, I agree. I think yeah. Because I think the one mistake it, a lot of these uh governments take uh when regulating crypto is that they they do really overextend Mm -hmm. it's like um rather first put crypto as a concept on ice and then start letting it like trickle down Mm -hmm. and you know like create some some very you know yeah interesting regulation for it or they say it's fully legal and we're not going to regulate anything but i think there is an easy kind of consensus to be made, Mm -hmm. uh, or like a conclusion to be drawn from this. And that's, it's just a long term strategy. Because I think a lot of people they look at uh, crypto influencers and uh, YouTubers and stuff. And everyone's very outraged when China bans crypto for the 8 billionth time. Mm -hmm. Um, But i think china as a regulator understands that bitcoin isn't stoppable Mm -hmm. you know it's decentralized you can't centrally uh scrutinize a decentralized currency Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: but i think they realize that they have to compete with it you know as a as a as a country they have to create a currency where they can compete with something like bitcoin Mm -hmm. or at least you know compete for a spot in the crypto space Mm -hmm you know, like, once yeah. again, the very fundaments of uh, the currencies yeah. is being questioned. And I think, you know, uh, historically, you'd see something like relatively is like a massive inflation, yeah. uh, or something. But in this case, they just want to, I feel something like China, how they're heavily going into like the digital Yuan, uh, they're trying to just keep up and create their own separate a token or you know to, to keep up with the current ongoings in the crypto space because they the i think a important takeaway of this is that the, the sec the chinese sec the japanese sec mm-hmm. um, they're not dumber than you know your go-to crypto influencer and they're also most likely not dumber than than you are because um they see this this incoming change they just want to Put themselves in a good starting position mm-hmm. when it comes to it and that will include lots of bearish news coming from uh, governmental sources i think
1: mm-hmm. that's and that's what depends it depends on your perspective i think because yeah i think there's the one thing right i want to talk about about mm-hmm. you know whether china you know wants to to just compete, or whether they want to just solely um, they solely want to just, uh, you know, have the Yuan be what it is, the digital one be the, the pure cryptocurrency that's like used in, in China. And mm-hmm. th- maybe it is the case that they want to compete. But I think, you know, China, if any state, maybe has more facilities or more the more of an ability to shut down the on ramps for users to actually engage with uh with bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies i think they as a, as a state by far has the most power in being able to do that i mm-hmm. mean they've they've shown in the, like in the past how they they you know they they have their own parallel internet and and yeah. the internet is you know the on ramp for people to engage with cryptocurrency as a whole so like i think they can make it very difficult and, you know, they can, they can make it so that, you know, the yuan is what is used, you know, what is used by citizens in their country. Because, yeah, it's, in their, it's very obvious in their state interest, you know, to, to, yeah. to do so. And that's, that's where I, it brings me back to my point of, you know, what kind of regulation do we want to see? And what do we, what would we even consider as is good regulation? And that's also what I, yeah, what I think is chalked up to, to perspective, because from a state mm-hmm. perspective, yeah, what China, the move that China is making makes a lot of sense as a, as, yeah. as a state, as, as, you know, as what their government might think is the best interest for their country, right? Because, I mean, with the U.S. slowly losing its place as, a, as the reserve currency as the, of the world, or at least that, mm-hmm. that, that spot of being the reserve currency of the world is what Bitcoin is competing for, you know according to some and is definitely what yuan the yuan would love to be what china would love the yuan to be so obviously i think if bitcoin is a competitor i mean it just makes sense from a state perspective to do whatever they can to to compete as you as you Mm -hmm. said but i think that's antagonistic to what you know, the principles of that, you know, brought so many people into the crypto space in general, which is, you know, decentralization, choice, the, you know, being able to choose, being able to engage in monetary, a uh, monetary uh, system, which is not, you know, centralized, which I think the digital yuan <laughs> is like, not arguably, going to be very, very centralized. No, you that's know? True. So it it depends what perspective you take, you know, and whether you consider what they what they're doing with the regulation as bullish or not, or whether it's good or not. It's definitely a matter of perspective. I mean if but um yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see. I don't live in China, so I don't have to, you know, necessarily deal with that. I only deal with, you know, maybe a dip because of FUD. But it's definitely <sighs> it's a- going to be interesting to see with how different jurisdictions approach you know this this regulation as this east versus west comparison is very interesting i mean japan and china are also taking very different approaches so that in itself is also just interesting
0: yeah no i agree and i I think your point is good the um, the important discussion here is how do you have to regulate Crypto. Maybe we should do an episode on that or mm-hmm. something with our ideas. Yeah, that would be but cool. But what idea. I see is the the cleanest kind of ideas are coming from countries that are willing to let it. Have come to terms with the fact that it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, crypto as a as a currency is, is inevitable. It, it's just um, just due to its nature, its decentralized yeah. nature. But then they uh, start focusing on things like consumer protection. So things like uh, preventing at- exit schemes mm-hmm. or prevent or differentiating clearly between things that are clearly securities like bonds, obligations, mm-hmm. these kinds of asset classes and cryptocurrency, and ensuring that there's no uh, mimicking so that there's mm-hmm. no securities that pose themselves as crypto, right? You know, like, let's say Apple all of a sudden says, you know what, take our crypto,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's actually a stock, but it's a crypto, and then, you know, they dump it on you, and there's actually nothing you can do to,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, counteract that. Right. Th- that would be a bit insane.
1: That would be a madness. I <laughs> that think that, that's where bad. the real
0: regulation needs to be, keeping yeah. the cryptocurrency, uh, like, clean, <laughs> or mm-hmm. how do you call it? How would you say this uh maintaining a trustworthy cryptocurrency
1: well I, I think the emphasis should that. definitely just be on consumer protection which is you know kind of their job as at the SEC and all these yeah. other regulators jobs and you know who deal with monetary policy and and that it should just be yeah. consumer protection just and let it be <laughs> let it be yeah. and just protect consumers you don't need a yeah. you don't you don't need a you know, do too much, you don't have to do the most, you know, you just got to exactly. protect consumers, you know, because once you start doing too much, then you start infringing on things you start, you know, maybe engaging in things you don't, you know, you're not as versed on, or you, you mm-hmm. know, you, you just if you just focus on this very pure idealistic notion of consumer protection, I think you can't go can't go wrong. You know but obviously other things start seeping in like state interests you know self-interest yeah. well who knows you know we'll, we'll just see it's a quick fast fastly uh, quickly evolving you know space in in crypto and blockchain so it's a uh, mm-hmm. you know we cover it quite a bit I think
0: yeah but the, but the regulatory you know landscape right now is is extremely interesting when it mm-hmm. comes to crypto and i think it's also important especially for uh, our listeners mm-hmm. to stop seeing words like stricter regulation and uh you know uh, mm-hmm. bans and these kinds of terms as extremely negative yep. because if you look at regulation in general it rarely ha- like how often has china banned crypto you know, like a 1000 times. And yeah. you, at a some point you feel like, you know, I, I think you guys banned it sufficiently. Yeah. <laughs> you, you would think one ban is enough. But no, you see 10,000 news articles about how they banned it now in a different way. Yeah. Um, but you should look at things like, and and not get scared by these kinds of developments, because I personally think it's just one step in their way of regulating it, because at a certain point, you know, you, in, in like the, what is it the 20s or 30s, you had the prohibition in America, yeah. but people were so adamant, adamant to get drunk, yeah. that they still continued. And eventually, they they fully opened up the sale of alcohol. I think something like this is a parallel you can draw when it comes to crypto mass adoption, people Maybe. want The agency over their currency Mm -hmm. they want to have more control they want to be their Mm -hmm. own bank they don't want to have to deal with intermediaries on how to manage their own assets you Mm -hmm. know so i think that it's definitely something you should take into account stricter regulation uh is one of those headlines you constantly see and it's constantly brought into negative uh into a negative light but I think you have to realize that for years now we've been working with just the asset class of security or not a security. Yeah. And now we're moving away from that, you know, the dichotomy and making it much more nuanced because even within crypto, mm-hmm. you know, a Bitcoin compares to an Ethereum, uh, you know, like it, it it's not comparable. The only thing it compares to is that it uses crypto cryptography well cryptography and a blockchain based yeah. system. They're vastly different. Make like a Venn
1: diagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone make a Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah, and, no, I get what you're saying though.
0: Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I really understand Japan's approach target. Yeah. And I mean, this is also what the G seven says, I think in one of their re- press releases, but that f- the fiat like the stable coins, they really blurred the line between fiat currency, cryptocurrency. Digital currency, you know, mm-hmm. it's very unclear what it is, what mm-hmm. it should classify as, and it also puts the consumer at a major risk because, uh, you know, what if all of a sudden uh, USDT, uh, you know, disappears? You you might Max. see it now as a crypto user, uh, like, oh, this is actually my safe, stable coin. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm putting my money in this, but it's unregulated you know, if you should have some accountability, there should be some sort of is USDC, on
1: reg- is, is USDC not like signed up as a security? I don't know. I reckon, I, I... Oh, Well, we can look into it. But uh, I don't think Coinbase is on top of that. <laughs> you know, Coinbase, if anyone, you know, one of the only first and only maybe cryptocurrency, you know, crypto related mm-hmm. public companies. You'd imagine they would have the output, you know, in, in front of that, and they would have the, yeah, the money to, you know, declare it as a as a security. Hmm, maybe yeah. not, though, because, you know, it's like, you know, if they, if they, if it's been declared that they're a security, then does that, mm-hmm. like, set precedent that, like, all, I mean, I don't, I know, no, no, yeah. no, that, that all stable, what I was going for is like that all stable mm-hmm. coins are then securities but that might not be i mean precedent isn't set like that yeah no
0: that's true but i think i think if you look at something like tether right it's like uh it's it's designed to be pegged pegged to the us dollar right Mm -hmm. but then the value kind of moves in a slightly lagging way compared Mm -hmm. to the dollar and this is where you have like risks for consumers Tether
1: is sus i'm just saying yeah, low key exactly. <laughs> and awesome. you
0: have you have many other coins that have made kind of like a USD kind of uh, stable coin where they peg it to their own version of a mm-hmm. USD Tether, or like a, or what is it UST uh, United States uh, Terra I think is okay. uh, you know t- Terra is like the yeah,
1: yeah.
0: the project and then USDT is yeah Luna yeah. Terra. Luna. yeah. Exactly. They use it like that. I think it's even though it seems like very stable, very safe, you should always watch for like, you should be more critical of that. Mm -hmm. You know, for sure, because there's a lot of um, regulation that's unclear, especially on these fiat pegged kind of currencies, because you don't know, you you get the feeling that it's a fiat currency, but just digital. Mm -hmm. But In effect, it's a it's a cryptocurrency. And it's very unclear where these stand and where it stands when it comes to things like consumer protection. Like, uh, if you lose your uh, in the Netherlands, we have a regulation which is called the guarantee system of Dutch banks. Okay. Uh, if a bank goes under, you get about two hundred fifty thousand euros max uh, refunded to you. Uh, anything above that amount, you have just lost. GG. Let's say you lose your uh, Ledger Nano S, and you have you know, uh, a, a Euro based stable coin, would you fall under the same regulation, right. uh, since you are your own bank, and technically you just failed as your own bank. A very unclear legal spectrum. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And this is, yeah, it's it's stuff you have to, have to be critical of, because we don't know where this stands. We don't know where most mm-hmm. stable coins stand as a, as a legal, uh, as, as a classed asset. True. True. So yeah, shall we discuss the exit scams that we've been seeing real quick before we wrap this episode up?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's this is a long one, long one this voice. Long one. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, these influencer exit scams are a mad thing. There have been two big stories uh, at the moment that have been just hitting the news and there have been lots of videos on it. i'm sure you might have you've probably seen them even but so the first one has to do with members of the face clan um basically um pump like uh, promoting this BEP 20 token called save the children it's a charity token that you know does charity token things it's supposed to be you know a non-profit you know, type situation, mm-hmm. but uh, so you know, the FaZe clan has a huge, huge following. Each of their members have huge following. So you know, them promoting them, these this token is a uh, is a uh, reaches a large audience. Yeah. So, but um, what a lot of um, well, Coffeezilla, I think he is at the forefront of exposing these uh these crypto scams he's been scams he's been making a lot of video he's a youtuber who makes a lot he's like an investigative journalist of some sorts you know youtube journalist who, who investigates like ponzi scams all kinds of scams and cryptos rife with scams so you know he has a lot of content there but um but yeah he, so basically they've um they, he's exposed them as a you know engaging in this pump and dump scheme which is just kind of wild because yeah. they have such a young audience base in general you know and it's kind of mad that uh like phase k who's now been kicked out of face is fraser k okay. He's, he made like a hundred thousand dollars which i mean you could i mean you'd hope he would have made more you know on this career ending <laughs> situation but um yeah a hundred thousand dollars because coffeezilla even found his wallet and because could see the transactions over four hours how he was selling off this token from the top wow. you know and it's just wild that the the and these uh these influencers would exploit you know that their position you know for to make these me i mean gains you know at the ex at the exploit of their you know of their audience which is what's what's crazy you know their mm-hmm. audience gets like left of the bag and now fraser k is sent a cease and desist letter to coffeezilla as well you know like just with some classic judicial bullying judicial bullying that's not the right word just bullying you know using you know legal me i mean it's expensive like you know not yeah, everyone yeah. wants to go to court you know to fight stuff but coffeezilla is going to go to court, which is kind of, which is, he, he doesn't give a shit. You know, he's going to yeah. go to court because he knows, you know, he and a lot of people have been investigating this and they obviously know a lot that's, you know, if this goes to court, you know, during discovery phase, these guys probably get wrecked. It's going to get rejected. Even yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. just completely wrecked. What might get exposed? And that's one one influencer exit scam. The next involves uh Logan Paul, who's a big YouTuber as well. You know, he recently just fought Floyd Mayweather as well, which is a thing that happened. Yeah. But um he was pumping this token doink 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 or Bink Doink, I believe. Yeah. Something doink. Mm-hmm. Right. So he was pumping it and what's what's you know, kinda of terrible about this whole situation, he's he's a uh, kind of made it like you know it's just this coin with a stupid name that he's found you know casually and he's like i'm all in you know he just found this coin casually and he's like i'm all in right but uh it comes the, the creator of the, the ceo of the project i mean if you're the ceo of dink the link bruh what are you doing uh <laughs> but uh you know he came out on a podcast and was like, yeah, me and Logan, we came up with the name together and yeah, you know, <laughs> wow. Wow. Basically just wow. Yeah. And it's just like, so disingenuous the in, you know, the way that he was, um, you know, putting this out there to his also very young on average audience base for very very, you know, easily influenced, you know, yeah. audience. Uh, but, oh, man, it's just mad, like, you know, like, that this, audi- all these young audiences are gonna, are so easily, you know, able to be exploited by these influencers. And this is such a bad look. And it's just terrible. Like, there's, I mean, there should be uh, some, I mean, you know, hopefully, you know, there's repercussions for this, this thing. But uh, yeah, I think it's
0: like, ethically, extremely questionable, and uh, com- condemnable, I think. Mm -hmm. if you if you look at these these people they have large followings they have young audiences and they're pump and dumping on them without like any repercussions so far Mm -hmm. you know it's it's something as we've been saying we need a bit more regulation especially in consumer protection at the state that crypto is in now i think exactly i think that these past two stories
1: can fly you know
0: yeah. And I think that these past two stories, they're they're prime examples as to why you would want a clear outline, because people like Logan Paul, and the guy from phase, uh, mm-hmm. they have like, a legal team, they have financial advice. Exactly. If they, you know, someone tells them, don't do this, yeah,
1: they won't do it. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's
0: definitely you know a bit harder or like a bit more concrete regulation
1: mm-hmm.
0: it will save some some kids from from losing <laughs> yeah. their allowance
1: at least sucks yeah. sucks man it sucks because it's probably a lot of kids left holding the bag of dink-doink Dink-do. and uh, save the children which is like this is a copyright issue there's already a charity called save the children did they yeah. just like make a currency cryptocurrency right it's weird but uh it is weird yeah it sucks It sucks. Yeah.
0: With that said, I think that's uh, all for this week's episode of the block exploring podcast news bites. And we will see you next week for a new episode. Take care.